podcast. We are back. We're one host short. Mr. Maximus is down with the flu. <laughs> Jeff told him he should have got some fucking roll honey with his tea. Cure him up a little bit. <laughs> Max has been a little sick. hot, a little fucking hot water or hot tea and fucking gas station honey. That'll get you going, dude. You can't get more gassed up for this card. You get some of that in you. He might turn into Yuri. He might just <laughs> fucking come unglued. He'll turn into. Fucking Sergey, <laughs> dude, sick brain and fucking royal honey, dude. I just go fucking berserk, dude. What school did you go to? Uh, fucking. Is it UMass? Nah, New Hampshire. Fuck, dude. Look at us. <laughs> I know, but I feel like a prick. You're gonna see him. You're gonna see a raging berserker UNH fucking campus on the news tonight. <laughs> fucking come on, glue. <laughs> All right, let's 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 stop harping on Max and get into this shit. Let's get into the highly anticipated main event. I want to ask you real quick before we get into the main event. Do you like this better than John and Stipe? No. No. No, I was very hyped up for John and Stipe. Not going to hold you. This is what I'll say. I think this fight's going to be a lot better, but us not getting to see John walk out in New York is fucking robbery. That's criminal, yeah. dude. That yeah, and when John Jones fights, it's like a fucking like I know he he's not that big of a seller. I mean, as of late, yeah, he is, but like he he he's must watch television. Yeah, he's John. He's John fucking Bones Jones. <laughs> yeah, literally, dude. And after his last return, that walkout in Vegas with "I'm coming home," I imagine this would have been up to par with that in New York. I would think. I am. I am devastated we got robbed of that. But let's talk about a, a very, very good replacement fight, though. Very, very fucking good. They don't always fucking make these fights good when a fucking co-main or main goes out. Very good replacement. We got Yuri Prohaska coming in 29-3-1, facing Alex Poetan Pereira coming in at 8-2-0. I wanted to ask real quick before we dive into the actual analytics of this fight, what do you think the effect of Glover being Pereira's coach has on this fight? Do you think it's a drastic effect? Not so much. Do you think it's more important that Pereira performs, or do you think it's a? What do you think? I think it's way more important that Pereira performs because, like, I don't know. This is gonna be a real fucking tough one, no matter how you cut it. And it's not like Glover really. He didn't have a walk in the park at all against Yuri, so I don't. I don't think it really helped him that much. Right, yeah, I do kind of agree with that. So, obviously, where the strengths and weaknesses are going to be, Pereira obviously has the strength on the feet. He hits like dynamite. He could knock out a fucking elephant if he wanted to. Yuri, he gets a little more down and dirty. He's a berserker. He can, he can really, he really showed in that Glover fight to me that he can take a punch and he can kind of win a fight anywhere. He's tough enough to outlast you on the mat. He's tough enough to outlast you on the feet. But the thing that's concerning to me about this fight for Yuri Prohaska is he did get touched up by Glover a bit. And I would say Glover at 42 is not nearly as lethal striker as Alex Pereira right now. Would you agree? No. no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a little concerning to me. The fact that Yuri in a couple of his fights has been touched up and just hasn't happened to be finished yet is a little concerning. And I, I do think while this fight is going to be a bloody battle, and I read someone suggested on Twitter that – this fight shouldn't even have a time limit. It should go till someone's finished. I kind of like that idea. 
I don't think they would need that anyways. I do think Alex Pereira, probably within the first three to four rounds, I don't think he gets to the fifth. I think he finds Yuri's chin and finishes him. I really like both these guys, but I'm leaning Alex. I think Yuri comes in a tad bit too open. But, but to be fair, if he can get Alex to the ground, it's going to be a fucking ugly one. But I'm going to lean Pereira. I think Pereira finds his chin and ends it. Who are you leaning? God, this one's so hard to take, but I think I'm I'm leaning Yuri. I just I, I really think Pereira's going. I, it was real back and forth with Jan last fight. I I'm not sure if he's going to be as dominant. I don't. I'm I'm still not a hundred a hundred percent sold on his power at two o five. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if. Him being at 205 is a detriment or an improvement to his power? It's. I think it's got to be because it's – I mean, I, I think it's got to help his, opponent, his, his opponents a lot. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I just don't know if that necessarily means he's going to pack more of a punch now because he had to drain more weight. But then again, you get to rehydrate. So he was basically fighting probably at this weight anyways as it was. Yeah. So, yes, I do agree with that. I, it just scares me a little bit that Yuri leaves his chin open. I, I won't be surprised either way. This is going to be one of the best fights of the year. I think it, it's going to be hard for me to say, but this might be the best main co-main I've seen since I started following the UFC. This is one of my favorites, at least, headed into it. You said the best one? One of. Yeah, yeah, no fucking doubt, dude. This main co-main is crazy. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. That's more what I meant about the John and Stipe. Not necessarily that it was replaced by Yuri and Alex, but then we get Sergey and Tom to fill in, too. It's like that scenario could not have been more perfect. So let's talk about it. So Yuri and Alex are going to headline the card at the prestigious MSG Arena for the undisputed light heavyweight title. Following them up is going to be Sergey Pavlovich taking on Tom Aspinall. For the interim heavyweight title, I, I kind of agree with Ariel. I don't like that it's interim. What do you think about that? Do you think it should be interim, or do you think it should be undisputed? I'm fine with the interim champ, because, I mean, we I feel like we did just see John Jones fight, even though it was kind, kind of a minute ago. I still feel like that his fight's still a little fresh on up. I didn't want to say that fresh in my mouth, but a little fresh in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, shouts of Mason Cam, Pauls. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just hope it's not an interim title fight where one of these guys gets it and then John doesn't end up making the eight-month timeline to come back and they're interim champ for like a year and a half. That would be – we're going to face another Nganu situation if that's the case. I really hope that's not what happens. Yeah, that would go dick. <laughs> Either way, the future is the future. Now is now. We have a co-main event of Sergey Pavlovich and Tom Aspinall. Who, man, I've been going back and forth on this one all week. My heart is screaming Aspinall. It's not just saying; it's fucking shouting Aspinall. I love Tom Aspinall. He's my favorite heavyweight, one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. But goddamn, Sergey Pavlovich just proves you wrong and wrong and wrong. Every time you pick against this motherfucker, he makes you look stupid. And 
It is a bit concerning to me because Islam made us eat our words on the short notice and Tom Aspinall is coming in on a very, very short notice. That is a little concerning to me. I can't lie. I will not lie about that. I won't hold back about that. But I do believe that Tom Aspinall's grappling is a little more above what Sergey brings in the striking. Now, will Tom be able to get Sergey to the ground? I don't know because Sergey, the only time we've seen him get manhandled on the ground was by Overeem, obviously a long time ago because Overeem is still fighting. But if he can, I think it's about as good as over. And I think he will. I think Tom Aspinall is built for this moment, and I think he will find his way to the mat. Which way are you leading, Jeff? Give me your synopsis. Dude. I'm going to take Aspinall. I'm going to rock out with Aspinall. I'm putting my money on Aspinall. But god damn, I'm fucking... I'm, I'm so fucking scared. I mean, Sergey is an absolute tank. He's a... He's the definition of an absolute fucking weapon, fucking Sergey is. I mean, you can hear it in Tom Aspinall. He he sounds a little scared, honestly. Hearing hearing him in the lead up to this, there's there's been a couple moments that got me thinking. Oh, Tommy's a little a little shook, but fuck it, give me Tom. I I I can't go against him. I can't. Yeah, it's so hard to tell if it's It's fear. a real fucking, my mind is telling me no, but my body. <laughs> <laughs> my body! It's it's well, so hard. Tells, but... <laughs> it's so hard for me to tell, too, what's fear and what's humility. I'm like, is this guy trying to be humble or is he shitting his britches? <laughs> I yeah. really can't tell. And it is a bit concerning it... to me, too, that Pavlovich has been training at ATT. They teach them motherfuckers how to guard takedowns. I mean, they are no pushovers. No one in that gym. Dude, Palovich could fucking train anywhere. He he's not a pushover, dude. That motherfucker is a fucking. He he might be scariest motherfucker to walk to earth once fucking Brock checks. <laughs> yeah, I I'm with you, dude. I this is another one. It could go completely either way, and I wouldn't be surprised. It'll be interesting to see Pavlovich's takedown defense tested because, like I said, we only saw it once, and that was how long ago now. Another thing that's concerning to me for Aspinall going in is trying to take down this motherfucker. It seems like an obvious thing to just state out, but he is huge. That's got to be a troubling guy to try to take down. He is a brick with an 84-inch reach. So uh, he's going to bring problems no matter what. This isn't going to be a rollover for either guy, I don't think. I don't even think... Even if Sergey wins, he's not going to knock him out in the first round. I don't believe that to happen. I think this is going to be at least a two- to three-round war. Maybe it'll make it into the championship rounds. We'll see. I'm going to lean Aspinall. Jeff's also fading Aspinall. But there's always going to be that itch, dude. We're going to watch this on the edge of our seats. Pav might finish him any moment. It's going to be hard to tell. I can tell you one thing, though. It would be a storybook ending. If Pavlovich wins, it just makes more sense for this scenario. And then fights John, and John wins and knocks off the fucking indestructible Russian. That would be a storybook ending for John Jones. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like if that was his last fight. Yeah, he beats the fucking uh, up and new up and comer. Calls it a day. Yeah, it, it couldn't be more fucking perfect for John. So let's talk about the next fight down the card. We got Jessica Andrade coming in at twenty four twelve and zero. Twenty four twelve and zero, and I think she got four of them, four of the 12 in her last four, if I'm not mistaken, or three. 
I think she's on a three-fight skid. I think she lost four of her last five. She's on a terribly bad skid. I'm questioning what her intentions even are in the UFC anymore. Is she, is she trying to compete? Yeah, 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 yeah. How many of them three are due to submission? Uh, well, Blanchfield, obviously. Uh, who were the three? Yeah, who was the last? Who was her last opponent? That was a submission. Was it Tatiana Suarez? Yeah, that was a submission. Like yeah, then and yes, you took the words right out of my mouth. But I mean, you stated the obvious. We weren't we weren't hiding anything here. Mackenzie Dern is a straight up BJJ practitioner. She's one of the best in all of the women's divisions at at using her BJJ to finish fights. She's covering in at 13-3-0. She is at her pinnacle, if you ask me. I mean, she's about as good as they come right now. It seemed like last fight, she finally found her stride with her striking. And it's crazy for me to say out loud that I don't even know who has the advantage striking in this matchup. And that is, that is very deflating for me to say about Jessica Andrade. I don't know who does. Like, who do you, who would you think, honestly? At this point, I have no idea because, dude, Andrade looked like a world beater like a year, not even, yeah, probably a little over a year ago. Yep. Right yeah, before Blanchfield. She just, yeah, she just, she's hooked. I, I, I think they're, might have a beat in the yeah. too. Yeah, which is insane to me because I would have, if you told me that a year and a half ago, I would have said you're the stupidest person on fucking earth. But that's just where we are at this point. I think Andrade gets rolled. I don't really think she has any ways to beat Dern. She can't bully Dern. She can't hit the mat with Dern. If she tries to do her dirty boxing, Dreska Andrade stick, she's going to get tripped up at some point and she's going to get beat. And Mackenzie Dern has shown that she can dirty box too. So it's not necessarily like Andrade has an advantage there. I, it's just, it's really hard for me to see how Andrade wins this fight. Are you going to take Dern as well, I'm guessing? Yeah, no, 100%. Actually, this is my lock of the night. Give me Dern. Do you think it goes the distance or no shot? Nah, Dern by sub. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One point. It, it, it's stupid, simple, keep it simple, stupid. Dern by sub, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck with that. I fuck with that heavy. I think we've uh picked. Ex- I think we're gonna pick. We're only going through the main card tonight. I think we're gonna pick the same exact people. I'm pretty sure we're gonna have yeah. the same five picks. <laughs> I'm yeah, almost I'm positive we will. All right, let's talk about the next lightweight bout down the card. We got Matt Steamroller for Vola coming in at 11 3 and 1. We have Benoit Saint Denis, the Frenchman, coming in at 12 1 and 0. One no contest. This is a very interesting one, dude, because I don't bet, and I'm thinking about downloading FanDuel. I am riding the dog heavy here. I'm yeah, riding dude, the exactly, dog. Dude, dude, you took the words right out of my mouth, brother. I mean, I I thought about this. I was like, all right, this is going to be nothing but a dog fight. What do you pick in a dog fight? You pick the motherfucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick fucking steamroller. I mean... Uh, we know we know Benoit's gonna get hit, and we know fucking Steamroller has a fucking Steamroller on him, so it's it's simple math. <laughs> <laughs> two plus two equals five here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah, fucking yeah. Benoit has a tendency of getting hit, and he has it's literally one of like a stereotype of Benoit Saint Denis fight. He is going to survive the hit, hits and then grind you down the mat. 
You can't survive hits from Matt Frivola, the fucking steamroller. He did the impossible. He beat the unbeatable. He finished the unfinishable. He was the first guy to finish Drew Dober with the chin of steel. I don't think yeah. Benoit St. Denis has the chin that Drew Dober has. I don't believe that. You couldn't convince me of that. That being said, give me Frivola. And I think there's something to be said. You always bring it up. And it's usually right. There's something to be said about guys who fight in their home. He's from Huntington, New York, right outside of New York City. There's something to be said about that. There's no fucking reason you don't – they call it the what, – what were you calling it? It's like the olive lay or something. Uh, the fucking – What do they call oh. it on the commercials? It's like the olive lay, isn't it? It's like the like oh, OV no parlay. I've never they... seen them on the commercials. Yeah, where they, well, not the commercial, but Bisping them talk about it, where they fucking bet all the alls, or like, when they bet Cyril in France and Paris, they bet all the Frenchmen, yeah, they always Yeah, I just do win. the fucking hometown lie. <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said about that. The crowd should be electric by this point. This is main card prime time shit for Steamroller Frivola. I think he Fuck comes yeah. in, I think there's going to be a standing ovation. Benoit St. Denis is going to give that same look he always looks, half squinted eyes. I don't think he's going to be affected by the crowd, but I think Favola is going to be wildly affected in a good way by the crowd, and I think there's something to be said about that. He's fine in the chin. Fuck it. All right, let's talk about the last matchup on the main card and for us to talk about for the night. Featherweight matchup between Diego Lopes at 22-6-0 facing a Philly boy, Pat Sabatini, coming in at Yeah, let me guess who you're going with. <laughs> you already know, dude. You could hear I said the names. It's not even a mystery. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure Sabatini's the dog, but it's a pick em. Like, he's the plus 110. I think Lopes is the minus, if I'm not mistaken. It, it's probably changing as we speak. But yeah, I think... And honestly, Sabatini should be the dog. I'm kind of just rocking with him because, you know, big Philly guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but other than that, dude, I'm kind of scared. Yeah, Lopes... Lopes is becoming a very dangerous fighter. He came in kind of – he reminds me a lot of Dern. He came in really good at BJJ, not the best in the feet, not the best at wrestling. He has grown to be a pretty formidable striker, fantastic off the back. But the thing that concerns me about Lopes going into this matchup is Sabatini is a fucking dog, just like Frivola. He's not going to roll over and just, I don't think, let Lopes sub him. He's going to use a lot of ground pressure, stay on top of him, try to win the minutes out, and I don't think this fight gets finished. So that being said, I think Sabatini has a good chance since this fight is probably going to go to the scorecards because he can grind out a lot of minutes just staying on top of Lopes. And Lopes, pause, loves being on his back. So hey, no. if he's just going <laughs> to stay on his back and Sabatini can stay on top, pause again, I mean, <laughs> like, he could win three of the five minutes of each of each round, I think, and get a 29-28, 30-27. I think that's wildly possible for Pat Sabatini. Could he get armbarred? Could he get guillotined or something? Sure, but I'm not thinking it's going to happen. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I came into this not very confident about this pick. I'm not going to hold you. I just think Diego, He he's a fucking, like you said, he's an absolute dog he, I feel like he's won against stiffer competition but okay Pat Sabatini he, just like you said fucking Diego loves staying on his back fuck it dude I, 
I'll I'll, I'll, I'll drink the Kool Aid, Mike. He can he can win in a fucking decision. <laughs> I'll I'll take that, dude. <laughs> Let me just tell you one thing. I'd usually rather be a top than a bottom. So I'm gonna ride with Sabatini. Give me Pat, baby. <laughs> give me Pat. Big top guy, Pat. Yeah, give me big top guy, Pat. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to do a review with the full crew. Hopefully, we review this card and it turns out to be as good as we think it's going to be. And then we're going to dive into, I think there's only one more pay-per-view for the rest of the year, right? I think that's it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. I think it's just 296. Yep. Yeah, so stay tuned for all the fight nights in between, UFC 296. We're going to do an end-of-year review, predictions for next year. We've got a lot of shit coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening.